Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and today is our fourth show, show of 2021. And I thought today we would continue looking at the, the meaning and the messages of Neptune for us here in 2021. I know I've been talking quite a bit about it, well, forever, uh, in terms, terms of uh, doing my work with astrology. It's so important in people's charts and in the transits in their chart in terms of being this uh, very significant influence, as I say, part of the triad of spirit. Um, and we'll look at it more in depth today and see how, you know, the present situation we're encountering here has very interesting historical echoes in previous times when it was in this same position in its own sign in Pisces. Uh, and I know I've talked about that quite a bit in the USA chart and the Democratic Republican parties and such, but I'm going to do that again today in a different way, uh, make some other connections and talk more about our present circumstances as well. Um, and of course, after I've done the little presentation here or the, the rather long presentation here, I guess I should say, uh, we, we'll turn open the phones to you to call in and ask questions, perhaps about the topic and perhaps about your chart or someone else's. And if you do uh, want to talk about your chart or someone else's, I would need, uh, certainly give me your first name uh, and uh, date and place of birth at the very least. And if you have the time of birth, then I can see that much more uh, with that. And um, if you want to reach me, uh, the best and easiest way to reach me is through my email. It's my name, Bill Atride, B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com or you can try finding me on various platforms social media platforms and what have you and if you want to uh, suggest a, a topic for a show um if you want to uh, get a reading yourself because that's what i do uh six days a week i'm doing readings for with clients um and uh been doing it now for at least a little, well it seems like 40 years now i keep on saying almost 40 years i think this is my 40th year of doing readings um, and uh, it gives me a great deal of joy to do that uh, as I do every day and and also these the writing and and the show here it's been quite a quite a journey um, and and I'm really very happy to be able to do what I do um, so um, again there there are no great things to note in terms of what's going out there on out there in significant alignments uh, in the heavens right now other than well today is the new moon in Aries so it's the the first new moon of the astrological year. So that is significant. That happens later tonight. And we're not going to have any Mercury retrogrades again until we get to late May. Uh, and uh, I guess we will have Pluto going retrograde here at the end of April. But it's not a there's not a lot going on astrologically, but there's always stuff going on because alignments are being made, not just to the, the stars and planets above us, but also to group and individual charts here on Earth. So um, there's always energy forms playing through and around us that affect us really day in, day out. Um, I often will tell a client, they're saying, what's the energy of today? And you take a look right away at the moon sign and you can get a sense of what are the, what are the undertones of that day that people are sort of responding to emotionally and their feelings and needs. Um, and by understanding that and working with those concepts or words or sensibilities, you're sort of more in tune with the moment that we're in just as a sort of a every couple of days the moon's changing sign so there's a lot of uh, very minute and very quick happening things and of course much longer trends and changes um, 
that we're experiencing. And certainly Neptune qualifies with that because it takes about 160 odd years to get around the solar system, making very strong alignments with other outer planets. And those patterns are very important. Um, and what I've been referring to lately is it's this journey of Neptune now in its own sign once again, which it hasn't been in since the 1840s and 50s. Um, and I've been talking about the historical sort of echoes uh, in that journey prior to now and what's happening right now. And so we're going to do that again today, take a little more of a, a look at what are what are the what is the messages and what is, what's going on here. So. <clears throat> So as I said, today I thought we should revisit our discussion or discussions about the planet Neptune, whose journey through its own sign of Pisces uh, it, during our time is from 2011 to 2026. And as I've mentioned more, more than once, its previous pass through this sign was from 1847 to 1862. And we can certainly appreciate, perhaps even more now, the resonance and the rhyming of the spiritual challenges and opportunities these passages hold in common as we bear witness to the striking parallels of our own period history with what happened then. As I previously mentioned, the universalizing communal and unconditional love messaging of Neptune was very apparent in the United States, most notably with the fundamental spiritual obligation in the struggle for emancipation and the abolition of slavery from the late 1840s through the 1850s, leading to the election of Abraham Lincoln in 1860 and the start of the Civil War. That was the defining moment in our history, that war between the states was simply a war whose singular and spiritual purpose was to end slavery in this country. But Neptune and Pisces can equally be seen in its more delusional or negative form as fueling the fevers of manifest destiny and the drumbeat of continental expansion of the United States, which led to the war with Mexico and the California gold rush. That war of aggression led to the seizure of what would become Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, and California. That was quite a land grab, and we should understand that this military conquest was driven by the determination of propertied white men. The principal wealth of many of those men was through ownership or enslavement of other human beings. The slaveholders in the South saw the drive for abolition as an existential crisis, and their fervent drive to secure more land was to maintain their power on this, of the slaveholding states by maintaining the majority in the Senate, by holding the presidency, and thereby also determining the makeup of the Supreme Court. So in these two contrasting examples, we can see the full range of uplifting spiritual energies of Neptune and equally Neptunian manifestation of delusions fueling power mad drives for imperial expansion and dreams of instant wealth that played out here in America. We must remember that the planetary energies can be manifested from the very lowest forms on up to the very highest. The question of what will happen 
in our human kingdom depends upon us. It is determined by our individual and collective levels of spiritual development. But this was not merely happening here in the United States. In Europe, the late 1840s witnessed one of the strongest advances by social and political movements whose aims were spiritually similar in nature. And across Europe, people joined together to challenge the existing political and economic order, and their efforts directed were directed towards more emancipation and democracy. And this led to revolutions against monarchical absolute powers in a series of popular revolts from France to Austria to Hungary to Prussia. These uprisings led to reforms and a very real advance for human justice and equality. But these efforts mostly ended with counter-revolutions, including the end of the French Republic in the Second Empire of Napoleon III. In China, a Christian Chinese man set out on a mission as the Son of God, a younger brother to Christ, and created a movement to save the world by sharing wealth and by land redistribution. His cause swept across central and eastern China to overthrow the Manchu rulers in the Taiping Rebellion. It was very much their own civil war, and it lasted from 1850 to 1864, parallel to the period of the U.S. Civil War. Yet during this same period, the colonial powers of Europe were deeply involved in trying to maintain their trading privileges and exploitation of China and their struggles to extract wealth by exporting poison to another people became known as the Opium Wars. And of note to us is that Neptune is also said to be the ruler of drugs and intoxication. Yes, the passage of Neptune through Pisces is quite powerful, as it is the holder of this protean energy or agency that moves us beyond the boundaries between one realm of forms and into another, leading to ever greater and more inclusive and encompassing energy forms. As I have repeatedly stated, Neptune is the avatar for us of one of the three primary attributes of the divine. Neptune holds the energy form that connects all with the one, or is the one in all, and which we understand and experience in its highest human form as unconditional love. The truth is there is but one life, one love, and one mind, and we are all just sparkling dewdrops in the life, love, and mind of the one. The ultimate truths flow from what we have been told, which is this, that in the beginning there was the one who was as yet unmanifest and who came into space-time by becoming the many. And all these innumerable, innumerable ones of the one, of which our human kingdom is a host of these ones, that all of these ones are on a journey of the self that is becoming. And that path of becoming is guided by the monad of the one 
in each of us. We are continually seeking our monad self-realization by moving into ever more perfect forms as we follow the many paths that lead back to the one who in truth is within and behind all these more limited ones. For it is we who are the body of the one. Yes, I know it seems confusing and paradoxical that the very root of creation, the love of the one in all of us little ones, can both lift a soul to the most sublime experiences of compassion, empathy, and noble self-sacrifice. And that this very energy form of ego transcendence and self-unfoldment could also be one of the root sources for confusion, delusion, deception, and even what we might experience as madness too. But spiritual truths and spiritual energy forms are often paradoxical because, well, frankly, because the universe is on the one hand so supremely simple and yet also extraordinarily complex and wondrous too. That is why many masters and teachers will use various techniques to help their students break up more fixed and limited perspectives and understandings by speaking paradoxically. It is a technique that is their loving attempt to lift our awareness from a more limited, less encompassing reality form or structure into the next level of what I call the greater understanding. This is one of the great benefits bestowed by Neptune, the power of clear seeing or clairvoyance. And it is why astrologers have often called Neptune the universal solvent, for it dissolves the boundaries and so opens our minds and our hearts to wider experiences and deeper understanding. But in that very function of dissolving, we are forced to let go of that which has formed our reality, an older paradigm that has given us the comfort and security of a true but limited understanding of our world, but which has equally kept us bound to a lesser consciousness of the greater reality. Yet, it is also true that in the release from one form, there is always the danger that by becoming untethered to what was real, an individual or group or even a nation may become enamored of energy forms that are not familiar. And although they may seem very beautiful and full of light, but it can also be true that this illumination is sometimes but a fractured reflection a shadowed form of fear that is not an advancement, but a diversion into false and deceptive pathways. The history of humanity is littered with manias, delusions, and eruptions of falsehoods that took possession of a people and often ended in great sorrow and destruction. There are some books and studies about this historical phenomenon, such as manias, panics, and crashes, a history of financial crises, or the equally significant phenomena of millennial movements in cults and religions, 
and lesser or greater conspiracy theories throughout history. What we need as we walk the path of awakening is on the one hand to maintain some necessary connection to that which is true and at least for us more permanent and everlasting as we let go of other old certainties that stand in the way of our enlightenment. If we can remain rooted to the essential nature of the universe and follow its guidance, then we may more safely explore the path that can lead to a more encompassing paradigm and way of being that is the pathway to the greater understanding held in the one. As I often remind my clients, there are certain truths that are truths, that is truth with a capital T. Number one, this universe is formed by one primary energy form, the unconditional love of the one for all the ones. Two, that made by unconditional love, we are here to love and be loved unconditionally too. Three, given the energy form that holds all of creation as one is our root energy form as well, then we are here quite simply to love one another. And it follows that we should love the other as we love our own true self, for there really is no difference. Each one of us, all of us are in truth sparks of the one. And so we are here to live by the light of the divine within each of us. Indeed, in all that we do, it is by this love that we bow to the divine that is the entirety of this wondrous creation too. If rooted and grounded in love, we can explore this universe carefully caringly, lovingly, and wisely. We can grow, guided by our higher intuitive self, again, held by the avatar that is Neptune, by letting go of our old but more limited certainties that held us together, but may now hold us back, as those old circumferences of reality forms are circumscribed by what may have become our crystallized fears and are now holding us back from we, what we are meant to be. So, for example, in our present day circumstance, as Neptune journeys through Pisces from 2011 to 2026, we have seen that many of the commonly held reality forms that held us together as one, whether within and between our families, communities, cultures, nations, and even as citizens of this world, that our common and shared realities became less certain for many around the world and in our country. For many individuals and groups, the old bubbles of belief were replaced by an eruption of alternate and often quite conflicted and confusing reality forms, and some of these emerged out of delusions, misinformation, and deceptions that were spread at the speed of light via the myriad networks of social media platforms. 
Whereas the manias of old, like the tulip mania in 1636 and 37, or the South Sea bubble investment uh, bubble of 1720, they were spread by letters and newspapers. Our present day engines of viral propagation, the social media platforms and their logarithms of desire and fear, create an informational wildfire of delusions that are much more potent and mesmerizing, sweeping through individuals, groups, nations, and often around the entire world. Spiritually, the psychological and emotional root of how manias and conspiracy theories take hold is that vulnerable individuals have become separated from others and from within themselves and often more or less untethered to their higher spiritual intuitive self. It is that higher self which holds us upon the middle path of love, reason, and sympathy. And it encourages us to approach any situation and any other being with a self-critical self-awareness while equally maintaining an empathetic, open, and humble consideration of the matter or the being before us. When we lack this anchoring within our higher self, we fall prey to the attraction to and entrapment by the lower emotional mind, which operates in a very binary fashion, good or evil, truth or lie, us or them. This lower mind is fundamentally shaped by fear not love. And it is this fearful nature that drives many who become captured by manias and conspiratorial delusions. Their fear-shaped consciousness constricts their self-critical and self-correcting faculties, and their narrowed perspectives drives them into some form of compensation. One classical psychological mechanism to negatively cope with fear and feelings of vulnerability is to find some means to create a false sense of superiority. Instead of remaining in the larger community of commonly held beliefs, truths, and facts, individuals who are possessed by their lower mind find like-minded others and form a separate community whose members feel that they are privy to a special, secret, and greater knowledge than those who do not agree with their binary and fear-based claims. Without the rootedness in eternal truths and values, their spurious claims of superior knowledge become increasingly warped and bent beyond all reason, since they are untethered from the bedrock of our reason, which is our true and unconditionally loving spiritual self. Here we find revealed the distinctive difference between a spiritual or living faith that is rooted in unconditional love of the one and a fear-based shadowed faith of rigid dogmas that separates true believers from those who are other and which fundamentally divides their believers from the rest of humanity. The principal difference is the spiritual error of separation, to divide and separate humans from one another, 
to place humanity into separate and unequal groupings, classes, ethnicities, and beliefs. Yes, Neptune is one of the keys to understanding our path of awakening. And the fundamental truth of this creation is that there is but one mind, one love, and one spirit. By Uranus, we find the way by our freer minds to individuation as we become a unique one in the mind of the one. By Neptune, we live by what made us in the unconditional love, which is the love of the one in all of us. And by Pluto, we find our way by centered wills to align our will with the will of the one. This is the noble path of awakening, and it is the way of the one held by the triad of spirit found in every particle of creation. The ancient wisdom holds that the love of the one is unconditional and all-encompassing. And we who are the sparks of this one divine light, we are equally called upon to strive to treat one another and indeed all of life as our brothers and sisters, as our mothers and fathers, as dear to us as we are to ourselves that we are here quite simply to learn and so become that light which is love. And that our entire journey in spirit is for us to awaken to our true nature, which is to love and be loved in this creation, a creation in which we and countless sparks of the divine actually form that living embodiment of love. Let us find our way through confusion and fear in the present moment by listening to the gentle voice of our higher self, by remaining in the light of the one, by aligning our will with the will of the one. We will walk on the path of unconditional love forever and ever. Let it be so. Okay, of course I need to take a little sip of fluid there after all that. Um, anyways, I, um, I just wanted to reaffirm that we are in this very, very special time. And of course, anytime you're in is special because you're there. Um, but we are at a very historical moment here in the planet Earth, um, worldwide as well as here in the United States in terms of being reminded again at what really are the eternal truths if we're gonna find our way out of confusion and darkness and remain true to, to our path. Um, and so I just wanted to sort of reiterate that and I'll keep reiterating that and talking about all the other influences here for us on the planet at this time. Um, so I'm going to um, turn to the callers here that are waiting so patiently for me to finish and I'm, I have finished and um, 
and and see what you have for me in terms of a question or a thought for today. And I'll, when I call on any one of you, I'll, I'll mention the area code so you might have an idea of who, who I'm calling upon because sometimes people don't know if they're alive or on. And just, just give me your first name, if you will, um, and any question you might have for me. And again, if it's about uh, a question about a chart, um, then certainly give me that birth information, you know, date, place, and time if you have it, uh, and I'll see what I see, okay? So here we go, and I'm going to call on someone who's calling from area code 650. You're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, this is Gigi. Thanks for taking my yeah, who's, call, Bill. Who's this? Um, I'm not sure if you had me in who's, your system. Gigi? Gigi? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Gigi, okay. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, okay, so my birthday is October 21st, 1992. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one born. second. <laughs> October twenty first, nineteen ninety two. You said ninety two. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, all right. And uh, what's the time of birth, if you have it? Eight forty two a.m. Eight forty two a.m. Okay. And what city were you born in? In Princeton, New Jersey. Okay. All right, and here we go. And have you ever had your chart looked at? Do you know your chart at all? Oh, very okay. little. Um, I know I'm a Libra sun with Scorpio right. rising. And the moon up there in Leo. I'm not it's sure a, about Your moon. moon's in Leo. Yeah, in Leo, Leo at the very okay. top of your chart. So okay. um, any astrologer looking at your chart uh -huh. would see, wow, her sun's in the 12th house, but her moon is really prominent. <laughs> So, uh, what that oh, what that means okay. is your emotional life is very tied to what we would call your public life. Now, we don't mean by that that professional only. It means um, in terms of the communities I belong to, whether they be work or or social, um, it's my public presence that matters to uh, me um, mm -hmm. in this lifetime. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, w I would love for you to pick up whatever you see regarding finding a potential okay. partner. Well, let's see where every, yeah, let's see what's going love. on. Um, um, <laughs> right now, your progressed moon, which is that inner measure of time and often shows, we're sort of a looking out on the world through the window of our moon, as it were, sensing and feeling our way. And right now your moon's in Virgo, um, has passed over your You've had your moon come back to your moon. Now it's in Virgo. And this is a time where when the moon's in Virgo, you're going through a healing. You're going through an adjustment and refinement from within yourself to create peace mm -hmm. around yourself. And so in so doing this, I'm preparing myself mm -hmm. for, you know, all better things, whether at work or at home or in terms of love in my life. So certainly this would be a time where... Um, uh -huh. It's the question is, does my life make sense? Is Gigi living a life that's um, everything lines up with everything else and I'm at peace is the thing that you would wish to have right now. Um, meanwhile, of course, given your age, 28, 29, mm -hmm. that's when we have our Saturn return and you are definitely right there at your Saturn return. <laughs> and, and people say, what does that mean? And it means, well, the right. first third of life are typically speaking is over. And now I'm really, I've grown up. I'm no longer in you know the teens and 20s i'm moving into the 30s and so i realized boy this is getting serious now in my mm -hmm. life and that's something that um you would be certainly 
very aware of. Um, part of the challenge you'll face right. for yourself in relationship matters, I would say, um, is that on the one hand with that Scorpio rising, your, your, your life is you're looking for a passionate union in your life. And that's what you must have. Yet your Venus, which is what you want to be and how you'll love in your life, is in the sign of Sagittarius, which wants to be free. Now, people get confused. They say, if I want a deep union, but mm. that means I'm totally in, in, you know, with this other person. That's it. I say, no, when you're really committed to each other and you have a deep union, that's what can free you. But because we approach these things as an either or, either I'm in a deep mm -hmm. union or I'm free to do what I want, we get stuck. Okay. And that's something mm -hmm. that you're working on there. That right. You're, you're, you're a very fiery person, so you have very strong ideals. Um, and that moon in Leo says, um, what's most emotionally important for me is to have respect. Um, and therefore, my, my go-to way of treating others yeah. and wanting mm -hmm. to respond to them is to be respectful. And that's, of course, what you would want to do. Um, but there's something that has sort of affected you in terms of... Um, feeling I have to make a choice. Um, it's sort of a choice between emotional happiness versus a life that's more about exploration and growth. And it's, it's what you have to realize, it's a false choice. You can have your cake and eat it too, um, is the message. Um, mm -hmm. But so you really, part of you with that Venus and such, you want you, cause I need your Venus is your ruler because it rules Libra. You want a partner who will explore with uh -huh. you, who will, you know, travel the world and explore, travel in novels and mm -hmm. histories and such. And you may and grow with me and grow yeah. with you yeah, and go mm -hmm. on that path of growth. And since the ruler of your chart, Mars, mm -hmm. uh, ruling Scorpio is in your ninth house, it's very likely that you'll be drawn to someone who comes from a different background than your own, um, a different culture, a different historical or heritage background. You're drawn to the exotic, Gigi. <laughs> Okay, um, which is fine, which is fine. Um, it's what you're looking for. Um, but it can be tricky then bridging those differences, right? When we're coming from different backgrounds, right. you know, but it's what you want. It's mm -hmm. what you need. Um, um, Do you see a timeline? Any, anything well, happening? Well, yeah, the, 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 the timeline, um, I would say right now, um, is there's 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 you're breaking up some of your fears this year and so that could offer some pathway for something or other to emerge but i would say in terms of a really unusual year coming up and it could be totally changing the pattern or whatever the patterns have been in my life with regard to relationship that's what's coming in 2022 because that's when the planet Uranus, the way, you know, it's actually there this year. I'm sorry, I'm speaking out of term. By this summer, uh, <laughs> by July, okay. the planet Uranus uh -huh. comes into your seventh uh -huh. house. Um, and that would be a time where oh, the okay. unexpected has arrived. I didn't see this coming. Uh, and so mm -hmm. either through a person, mm -hmm. through a group, or I meet a person, and I feel like everything's changed. The reality is you are the change. Mm -hmm. Therefore, something new is coming into your life. It will seem as it comes from outside of mm -hmm. myself, which it really does. I mean, someone arrives or a person or group comes in that changes things. Um, but I would say it's going to be a very interesting summer, um, to put it mildly. <laughs> okay. 
And again, it really, oh, really? Well, what it is, is what it is Uranus <laughs> okay. frees us, it breaks up old patterns. And so we can move into new patterns. And so going over your seventh house, the house of relationship cusp, the beginning of it, it says, I'm now, I now want to have that more true relationship, a relationship that really speaks to who I really am. Now that mm -hmm. I more clearly know who I really am. And therefore, that's why a different kind of person and a different kind of relationship can happen now in my life. So that's why it's happening. So it's mm. different, different from, from you're definitely not going to have the same old, same mm -hmm. old. You're going to be breaking up patterns, uh, responding in new ways, offering mm. what you have in new ways. That's the point of this. Mm -hmm. It's like the only thing you can control in a relationship is mm -hmm. yourself. <laughs> and so uh, if you, you, you turn it That's back on so your foot and say, this is how I've been asking for it. This is what I have, how I've been offering it. And this is what I've, it's resulted for me. And so, but that was then mm -hmm. I'm in now and in the now, let me offer myself differently. Mm -hmm. Let me be clear about what I'm seeking or asking for. And like magic, the pattern changes. Um, so really you're the one making the change. I am breaking out. That makes sense because I, I'm starting to socialize more in different settings yep. that I normally wouldn't have. I'm sort of broadening yeah, no, my it, it, it should happen. Circle. I mean, that, that's what, mm -hmm. and again, anybody who's with you should know, because you mm -hmm. have your son in the 12th house, that you do need a time alone every day to center and to clear. Um, mm. So you're picking up a lot from people around mm -hmm. you. So that's why you need to go off on a walk by yourself or going to run by yourself and close the door. So it's okay to have time to yourself, even when you're really with someone right. all the time. So make sure the right. partner understands. I always say of this course. to people, right. you're not trying mm -hmm. to get away from them. Mm -hmm. You just need some time with yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just, just characterize it that way. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Well, uh -huh. best of luck, and we'll okay. uh, church. Okay, well, I appreciate okay. that. Okay, I'm we'll see what happens. To we'll talk summer. to you in the summer. Okay, Gigi? Okay. <laughs> okay, you're yes, very I'll, welcome. I'll touch Bye. base. Thank you, you so Bye. much, Bill. Take care. Okay. Um, okay. Um, let's see who else we've got here. Let me try this person. 831 is the area code. You're on with Bill. Who's calling? Hello? Hi, uh, my name is Christina, okay. and I'm a first-time caller, and I have a question, but first I wanted to know um, any comment. Sure. Uh, sure. Uh -huh. I absolutely love the um, what you shared in the beginning of the show. Oh, thank you. There was so much truth in what you shared. Yeah. And... Um, with this collar that you took, <clears throat> you know, you gave out so much information. I thought I have to re-listen to the show and jot down what you talked about when it comes to being clear yeah. on what you want, but also within yourself so that you can attract that. Mm -hmm. That was then, this is now, because yeah. we're constantly evolving. It was, yeah. wow. So I want to make sure that I uh, listen to you regularly. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So thank sure. you for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then taking the sip of water, I was like, yes, because it helps uh, you to receive more clearly and, you know, as it flows. So thank you so much. Sure. Um, this is a wonderful way to start my day. Great. And for me, um, 
I was wondering, I was like going over all these things I could ask, and I'm thinking maybe just what does it look like for me? You know, this is, um, you know, of course, April through the end of the year. Like, what does that like look like, what you're picking up sure. and, and reading? And um, I can give you um, my birthday sure. is February 20th, 1968. Uh-huh. Okay. So February 20th, 1968, I was born at 9.15 p.m. Okay. on, I believe it was a Tuesday. Okay. And, and um, what city or? Any other oh, thing it, I need Your to city and state. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the place. Where were you born? <laughs> so I'm in um, Marina, California. So I'm next to Monterey, no, 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 Carmel, no, Where, were, where were you? Beach, Sorry, Christina. Salinas. Where, where were you born? What's, what city or town were you born in? Uh, is what I need. Oh, uh, Salinas and Salinas in Monterey County in California. Cali Salinas, California. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, that's what I needed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, have you ever had your Have you ever had your chart done before? Your You know your chart at all? I have a best friend that did it eighteen years okay. ago. So it's been a while. Okay. Well, you you know your Pisces that you know and. Uh, and but your moon is in Sagittarius, um, and then you've got Libra as your rising sign, um, and of course you also are born with your moon very close to that planet Neptune we were just talking about, and of course Neptune rules Pisces, and Neptune also lines up with your Sun, and your Mercury. So you you are what we say very Neptunian, um, even even more so. Neptune is your rising planet, so it, it repeats itself in many ways here. So your capacity for imagination, visualization, dreaming uh, is quite extraordinary. Um, and and yet also it can, as I said, it can also lead to confusion at times because you know, the boundaries are not always solid, they're permeable, um, which is wonderful, but also challenging at times. So there's there's that going on for you here um, and and in regard to what's happening in your life right now um, the two things we always look at right away for somebody is where's that progress moon it's in your first house um, it's about to leave though so I would say the last oh three years roughly and I can figure it out but let's say two and a half to years or so um, your moon's been progressing through your first house and so the question the universe had for Christina and it's just ending as we speak was who are you what do you call yourself now how do you present yourself now what is that demeanor and attitude that you're leaning in with as you meet next the next moment in the now neither to be overwhelming or underwhelming, but just hitting that mark, bringing to bear exactly what you need to be present has been the theme, okay? And so you've rethought about where I am, who I am, what I, all these things that are markers of identity. And now what happens is the moon goes into your second house next month, and the next couple of years, the question turns from who am I to what am I? In other words, what is what are my values? What are my strengths? How do I create value? How do I use value, consume it or store it or save it? All these value questions become the, the front and center questions of your life. Um, equally, for the last 10 months or so, and for the next year and a half, your moon is also moving to the sign of Scorpio, um, which means whenever the moon is in a water sign, whether it's 
you know, Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces, it's going to be a very emotional time. We're going to really be feeling our feelings. And Scorpio deals with the second realm of connectivity. If Cancer takes us down to our roots and Pisces takes us up to the heavens and the one, Scorpio takes us out laterally to connecting with the other, with one or many others. It's the sign of union. And so right now, for the last 10 months and for the next year and a half, you are looking at how do we do this? How do I do this? How do I become more one with you and you with me? Giving up the lesser, but honoring the greater. It's a time of alchemical time of combination is how we really elicit our true growth. Um, we elicit growth through and by one another by combining together in whatever way we are combining as friends and business or loved ones and what have you. Um, this is an intense time for sure. Um, and and it, it brings about um, discovery of a greater truth through all that. But sometimes you're left speechless by what you're experiencing. So you have to wait till your moon gets back to Sag where you had it at birth, <laughs> which is the sign of the storyteller. And then you can tell the story because you can find your words again. But right now it's experiencing the truth of oneness, of connection, but also the truth of separation and loss. Um, it's the highest highs and the lowest lows can be had when the moon's in Scorpio, okay? But that's, that's the truth of being on earth in a mortal frame. We're going to have love, we're going to experience loss, we're gonna have joy, we're gonna have pain. And we experience that always throughout our lives, of course, um, but in Scorpio, we're really in it and, and gaining such valuable experience about this truth, okay? Um, and meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, the last couple of years, Saturn has been marching through your fourth house. It's there all of 19, 20, and 21. So for these three years, you've been focusing on the roots of your life, the foundations of my existence and where I come from. Uh, in terms of family, heritage, ancestry, but also my own journey of, you know, growing and developing my roots by adding to those roots, grafting on new sensibilities. But this is a time you're making some major commitments to a plan, to a purpose, to the path once again. Um, and so this is, again, a really powerful time. I mean, it's interesting. The moon is in your first house of who am I? And Saturn's been moving to the fourth house of where do I come from? So they're sort of lined up with each other kind of neatly that way, helping this process, I would say. Okay. I wanted to <clears throat> thank you and let you know you are spot on with every single thing that you've said. And I'm in the process now of writing like this, like getting out, meditating and like writing down what I'm feeling, what I'm questioning, what have I, what I've experienced, who am I? Like when you were speaking, just the title of the show about, um, I don't have it in front of me, but it was something about um, the falsehood of not yeah. being connected, you know, that yeah. we're all connected. It sparked an immediate memory and a visual scene when I had died at 10 and I was a spark of golden white light in a misty tunnel screaming for my parents. And I could see my hands in the shape of my hands in the flesh, but it was all gold. And that light that I was directed to when I asked the question and then I merged with the light and then I was looking out at the ethers, I was one, yet I had the 
gift of be, having my right. own identity. So I feel like the greatest amount of uh, fulfillment and joy and purpose is in sharing, writing, questioning, and sharing what I'm learning and then connecting again with yeah, yeah. the light, you know, with our, with the oneness of who we are. And um, so oh, you're, just, you're very creative. Um, you're, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're very creative. Awe. Your son, the fifth house and your part of fortune, the part of joy, like your moon in Sagittarius is in the ninth sign and it rules your 10th house of the career. Um, but you also have the part of fortune, the part of joy in the ninth house, which means your joy is in the discovery of truth and then the sharing of it. Okay, that's that's yeah. right, that's. That, and I haven't okay, worked well, this, in twenty years. This is the years. path. This what this what you're doing. Yeah, um, you do it. And I want. We do it not just in jobs. We do it meeting up with other souls and in casual encounters at the store or the neighborhood, whatever. And you know, we're all here eliciting growth in one another, whether it's our official job or unofficial job, there's only one job we have on this planet, it's to become a better human. <laughs> and then, but we do that, we do that through, yes, we do that through exactly. one another, and we have to have food, shelter and clothing, that's fine. And we do all jobs for these things. But, but our real job is to, well, is to wake up and be a complete human. Um, and, you know, we're working on it, we're working on it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm in the midst of that, along with saying, I uh, want to be supported while I share and write and fully commit myself. As I do it, I feel like so much more discovery and healing is happening when I write. And then even if I don't have the details of how it will come together, I asked, you figure it out for me and let me know in a way that I absolutely cannot miss the guidance yet it won't scare me because <laughs> the universe will do what you say. Um, and, you know, it can be frightening if you don't be specific about in a way that I know, but it does not scare me and that it's easy and free because we can learn all of these lessons in a hard, painful way or in an easy way. But then there is so much value to the contrast and so much rebirth out of the darkness that they go hand in hand. And so I'm really um, opening up and I will absolutely be listening to what you just said over and over and over in a couple of okay. hours when it's reposted on blog right. talk. So I can take notes okay, sure, sure. about what you said. Thank you're, you're, you're so welcome. much for the reading today. Oh, sure. sure. I'll just and put you on. I I'll put you back on mute now. Yeah. Because I heal, I there's so much. Um, okay, great. I well, can, great. Okay. great to meet you, Christina. Many well. blessings. Okay. All right. Um, okay. And uh, let's see who else here. Here, hi. You're on with Bill. Um, your five one two is the area code. Hello. Hey, Bill. Hi. Who's, who's this? Hello. Hi. This is Dionysus. Hi. Dionysus, hi. And how, yes. can, how can I help you? And that is my actual birth name. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I joke. I say my dad must have, well, Dionysus is the Greek god of wine, and I joke and say my dad must have been slightly inebriated when he decided to name me. <laughs> or, or, yeah, yeah, it's, so, it's, a, it's a heavy burden to bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And I'm, yeah, I, I'm nothing like Dionysus. Um, but anyways, um. So I guess, let me just give you my birth details. Sure. So June 14th, 
1990. Uh-huh. Um, born 621 AM. Okay, great. And in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. And let me just get that in there. It's like so amazing because back in the... And I am familiar with my... Your chart. My oh, birth yeah, chart. Yeah, good, good. Um, okay, it's making sure I got it in there correctly. June 14, 1990, 621 AM, Philadelphia. Gemini, Pisces, Moon, Cancer, Rising. There you are. Okay. Yes, and then you should have the coordinate 75, uh, 10, you know, with the longitude, yeah, west longitude and 3957 yeah, north yep. Yep, latitude. Yep, yep, so that yep, should yep, confirm it as yep, well. Yep. Okay. What can I do for you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always curious about uh, the impressions that other astrologers may have of my own chart. Okay. I've done a fair, uh, I've had my own fair share of offering and okay. uh, chart interpretation. Okay. So it would be nice to see what another astrologer thought about my okay. chart. In particular, though, I will say I'm, I'm pretty um, interested in the aspect configurations right uh-huh. now. And of course, while I'm already, you know, the T-square configuration is quite common in most charts, um, and you might see it there between Mars, Jupiter, and right. Neptune slash Uranus, but I'm more interested in the mis- your interpretation of the mystic rectangle uh, configuration sure. I have there between Venus, Jupiter, Pluto, and right. ne- uh, Yeah, Neptune. yeah, no, that, that's... Uh... Or in anything else sure, you would no. generally like No, no, I, 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 so. I, there's, there's so many... You look at a chart, there's so many things that come at once and you just have to be selective and start with something or other. But yeah, the patterns are very important. And of course, we, what matters is what planets are involved and what patterns are forming, of course. But the mystic rectangle is an indication astrologers like to say, or I like to say, because it's the same configuration, dimensions, ratios that exist in all the great tem- temples and their entrance ways. And so it indicates a soul, I would say every soul is doing this, but it's more especially a soul, it's going through a series of initiations in this lifetime, given the opportunity offered by this pattern. Because oppositions can become very difficult to manage in terms of should I be this or that? And of course, the message is to stay in the middle and hold it together, but that's not always easy. But when you have the support of the trines and the sextiles, then the planets start working better to overcome the apparent dichotomy or opposition of the Venus and Taurus. So that's about the, the, the need for lasting value and beauty in one's life and that some value should be eternal. And yet Pluto and Scorpio is saying, yes, but everything passes away and everything turns to dust and there's nothing's going to, nobody gets out of here alive. <laughs> and so it's like, oh my gosh, I'm torn between, I'm a torn <laughs> between everlasting value and value that's so ephemeral. What's the truth? And the truth is both, right? That, value on this on the spiritual planes are eternal yeah. but in their manifestation this mortal plane are only passing for a time in that form because it must move on to another form of realization later so it's not gone and done it's gone on to the next better form and that's that's the lesson of the buddha the taurus scorpio you know born at the full moon then the jupiter and cancer to neptune and capricorn would be how do we hold together the, the the need with Jupiter and a Cancer to relate to the world and you're also Cancer rising in a more or less spontaneous manner to meet the need of the moment 
uh, without thinking about it. Like someone cries, I rush to their aid. But then Capricorn says, no, 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 you must do what you ought to do and what's responsible and make it more structured and don't just be so spontaneous. And of course, the message is we need to be both. We need to always be open to the possibility that a new needs presented. We've got to spontaneously address it. But we also want to take things that keep happening and make them part of our structural knowledge and systems of delivering and meeting those needs so we don't have to keep on figuring out every time. So both are true, both being spontaneous and being and being and holding yeah. oneself in wisdom about certain things that are everlasting and never changing or should don't change as much. And so it's it's not one or the other. So it's to, always standing in the middle. So to add to what you're saying. Okay. In the middle. And to add to what you're saying, I conceive of this mystic Kirk Tingle aspect as uh, an aspect configuration of equilibrium. And it makes right. perfect sense. I'm always in a, I feel like I constantly, you know, live my life or reside in this space of neutrality. And I do feel like that's where I'm supposed to be right. in the center, right. Right. you know, yeah. um, symbolically speaking of that particular configuration. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and thank you for that. Um, now here's something that might be a little bit more taboo for you, even as an astrologer, have you ever heard of a golden yod? A golden yod. I don't know. I know, I know yods of course, in various ways they're formed and there's all these different you know, yes. angular separations that form patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Names, yeah. Yeah, so this one, so the, the typical yacht is formed, you know, it, it's composed of, what is it, uh, two queen conks aspects uh, and a sextile. Yeah. But the golden yacht, the, or the finger of God or whatever that aspect is called, but the, the, the golden yacht, it's an aspect that, I guess supposedly is pretty rare and I have one and it, it consists of two biquintiles um, at forming a point and, and then, um, uh, and then joined by a right. quintile. So a quintile, the, quint the quintile between uh, your Mars and, and then, your uh, sun with, you know, right. What? Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, Yes, yeah, so there's that, that quintile between Mars and uh, the Sun, and then Mars makes a biquintile to Pluto, as right. does the yeah. Sun. Yeah, all these triangular shapes are, have the same character in that the base is forming what's shaping, generally speaking, though it depends what, what, which planet's faster or slower, but we'd say the one at the apex is being shaped by these two other forces. Mm -hmm. So here we have Mars, the planet... Uh, shaping Pluto seconds. in one way or being shaped by Pluto and sun shaping Pluto or Pluto shaping the sun another way. And of course, it's holding these three energy forms together. And I would always look at them and say, what's the message of Mars and Aries? And then also in the 10th house, what's the message yeah. of the sun and Gemini in the 12th house? And how is that influencing or yeah. being influenced by Pluto in the fifth? I wouldn't say it goes one with the other. They're all interrelated, as it were, as an energy form. And of course, it's you know it's um, seconds. so so yeah it, that's 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 it that's interesting to note that yeah yeah but okay that aside so yeah I don't I'm not looking for you to interpret that because you probably have to think about it anyway um, but last consideration does anything in general stand out you know just 
about you know, your about the natal what the natal interpretation. I mean, I mean the natal interpretation or what's going on in your chart right now, which which you. Yeah, anything that stands out to you that you think might be interesting to note for yourself or for me, especially with an emphasis on career. Or, but okay, um, well. I mean, the last couple of years, Saturn's been marching to that eighth house. So you've been working on your lifelong, le your lifelong lessons of union and how we, Ten how we join in both a personal matter or in a business matter and combine our forces and energies to do what we couldn't do alone. And you're leaving that realm, more or less, as Saturn now goes to your ninth house. And now comes the understanding of what that whole experience has been about and hopefully expanding more, going out more widely in whatever one is doing with whomever one did make a deeper commitment to or had to relinquish or let go of that union to continue on your journey has been the, the experience these last couple of years. Um, and certainly where there's a lot of, where we always see a lot of growth and change is where the progressed moon is. And it now for the last, well, since the beginning of the year has been moving now through your 11th house, the house of community and companionship and social ideals. So. Right now, your world is changing because of the company that you're keeping, and you'll see people coming in and out of your life, but it's really mirroring your own evolution of what the dreams of my life now are. And I, and I need to be with my fellow dreamers for my life to come true, so people come in and out to facilitate that in my life. Um, it could be because you moved to a new community or you just come up in contact with new people, but somehow it seems like it's coming from outside of yourself the solicitation of your re-examine of hopes and dreams, but actually it's coming from within yourself, causing that change externally with who you're with, is how I would characterize it. Okay. Yeah. That okay. Makes sense. Interesting. Uh, I, I didn't even. I don't really look at progression, but yeah. That was yeah. No. 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 Well, you're, thank you're, you, and I'll let you. Well, no, I've, I've got to go now. We're, the show's done. <laughs> That's okay, Dionysus. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be doing a show hopefully again, hopefully next week again, and keep going. But, uh, but it's good to meet you, and I'll keep you in my database. Okay. Okay. Be well. Take, Take care. care. Sure. Okay, everybody. Uh, it's uh, time for me to go, and uh, hopefully see you all next week if I can manage that. It's just uh, sometimes hard working six days a week, and then I need to get a break sometimes, but hopefully it's not as busy next week, though it's still fairly busy, so I can hopefully do another show. So anyways, look forward to seeing you all in the not-too-distant future, and bye for now.